We are only six days away from the Nebraska teeing it up in Dublin, Ireland. So this is the third and final episode of Gen Red Pod's Countdown to Kickoff. College football, <laughs> it's finally back, baby. And so is the best hype video department in college football, namely the one at Nebraska football. So check this out. God, family, country, Nebraska football, I'd say it's up there with the almighty. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's just the way it is. This is the place of the entire state of Nebraska. If you say the word Nebraska, the only thing people think about is that giant red ant. You grow up here and it's not in your blood, then you must not like sports. It's a major thing here. It's a rite of passage for basically the entire state. It's what Kyle Lincoln like, lives or dies by for the most part. Like me and my dad, it's basically a religion. The fan base has been second to none. They have a saying, once a Husker, always a Husker. I've found that to be true. It's more than just football. It's about everyone in the state. It's about all the hardworking people and just brings everyone together. Lincoln, like, doubles, triples in size when it's game day. Everybody in Nebraska is a Husker fan. This state runs on Husker football. There's just so much passion to be found in the Husker fan base. There's just one collective force here, and it's Nebraska and Go Big Red. It's just one of those deals that Nebraska football is what Nebraskans love. My most memorable time as a Husker fan would be right after he got out of boot camp and he said, I want to go to see the Miami game. Standing there before the game and the national anthem plays and he's standing ramrod straight at attention and he happens to be sitting next to a full bird colonel and seeing them both stand there at attention. I always try to sing the national anthem when it's played. I couldn't that night. Sports Fantastic here at Havelock started in 1998. Our very first signing was Scott Frost, and the line went out on the 50-yard line of West Roads all the way past Von Mar. And it was just fun. 2001, when crowds of Black 41 flash reverse pass. We fell over in our row. I lost my voice, got sunburnt, but I mean, it's all worth it. That's the epitome of Nebraska football. The Colorado game with the Alex Henry kick. My grandpa was dying of cancer at this time. He was stuck to a chair for the most part. Alex Henry made 57-yard field goal. My grandpa, like I could tell, he wanted to get up. He still used every ounce of strength that he could to put his hands up in the air and just, yeah. That was his uh, last rise. Uh, person living on this earth. The energy on game day is unreal and unmatched. Like my blood's pumping a lot faster. The energy when you get into the stadium. You basically have a six foot radius of friends that you instantly make. Words can't describe game day at Memorial. There's just nothing like it. Everybody's in a good mood. If you're 90 years old or 12 years old down there, everybody's having fun. The games themselves are so much more than the actual football. It's the experience. It was like the most fun I've ever had in my life. Every game was a party. The stadium on game day, 
there's no words to describe it. The excitement level is just building for me. I mean, like before the game starts, I'll be a nervous wreck. Uh, Husker football is its a lifestyle. It's not just football. Every time I see the, the Husker power, man, <laughs> it gives me goosebumps to this day. When you hear that Husker power cheer, you're ready to run through a brick wall. No doubt about it, man. No doubt about mm-hmm. it. Hey, so glad to have you here, Husker fans. This is episode 45 of Generation Red, the kettle corn of Husker fan podcast, where we try to be sweet, but at times we might get a little salty. I'm your host, Ken. And I am your other host, Scott. Last week, we were joined by our buddy, Luke Merrill, and we previewed games five through eight, which were Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, and Illinois. If you if you have not seen that episode yet, we would encourage you to go look at it on demand at Generation GenRed Pod on YouTube. And if you prefer it audio only, you can subscribe to Generation Red on your favorite podcast app. Luke and I both have the Huskers with a seven and one record through the first eight games, with us agreeing on Purdue being the only blemish. Meanwhile, Scott has the Huskers record at six and two in which he also has us dropping a tough one to to the Boilermakers, or as I like to call them, the Whiskey and Beers, and a close heartbreaker to OU at home. Tonight, we are going to preview the November gauntlet, namely Minnesota, at Michigan, Wisconsin, and at Iowa. At this point in the year, our predictions have the Huskers bowl eligible. All of us have them bowl eligible for the first time since 2016. But as games 9 and through 12 come into scrutiny tonight, the only question is, can they finally get over the hump against any one of those teams in the Final Four? Arguably the toughest four teams on the schedule outside of Oklahoma. Before we answer that question, or all four of those questions anyway, (laughs) let's take a few minutes and meet our guest. He's right there, the top left of your screen, one of the best dudes I know. He's a really good friend and an even better person because even though he resides outside of the good life, which we all know is Nebraska's borders, he is without a doubt a Husker fan, if not by birth, definitely by choice. And isn't that how it should be? Husker Nation has always had an open door policy and Michael kicked that some bitch open hard and yeah. <laughs> For the very first time last year, <laughs> and one historically impossible three and nine season later, he's still all in, if you will, and ready to root for the big red 
2022. Please join me in welcoming the winner of the 2021 plus minus game, Mr. Michael. Hey, bro, Diamond, to the Gen Red Pod Studio, brother. What's up? Hello, hello. Thank you for having me tonight. Welcome. I'm really glad you're here, dude. Um, go big it's, red. It's, yeah, go, go big, big red. red. And go big red. I was corn sucked. <laughs> ah, he knows. He's already know on. <laughs> he's, he's been there. He's done here. that. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Look. You know what, Mike? We're not going to throw a bunch of questions at you tonight. We're not going to do the whole. You don't want to know how yeah, I like. Yeah. No, we don't want it. We don't want to know your upbringing. <laughs> We don't want to know where you came from, even though we know you were deep behind enemy lines not oh too long God. ago in the That's in the deep. Roll Tide country oh, or the no. World country, depending on where where uh, folks <laughs> Um But I can say this: I can say this. There's a reason I said he's an even better person than a good friend because I was in Alabama last year around April for a. Uh, a wedding for a mutual friend and Michael was kind enough, gracious enough to loan me his F-150 to drive for the entire weekend because I was in a semi at that particular time. And he said, you need to be able to have some wheels. And uh, dude, I, I will never forget uh, how much that meant to me that you made sure that I had something to drive and somewhere to go and play things to do while I was there besides just sit in a hotel room and get, well, crap faced <laughs> for <Yeah. laughs> lack of a better word. Um, so thank you for that, Mike. I just want to ask you one yes, question. How in the hell did a kid from Alabama become a Husker fan? Well, I want to make it abundantly clear. I was actually born in <laughs> Kansas. Nothing to do with the state of Alabama. Because those roll tight can roll on out the door, man. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so I actually became a Husker fan because of you and because of Scott, believe it or not. Um, you know, I, I knew you were really big into into the Corn Huskers, Nebraska football, you know, live and die by it. And yeah, I I uh you started coming out with the, the podcast and I started listening to it and I just I really loved it. And I loved all the the hope that you have every year, every game. You're just hopeful that it's it's going to turn out great. And then it just crashes into the ground. And I can relate to that because I'm a huge uh, Washington, whatever they are, Redskins commanders fan. And so I find that appreciation for that constant underdog, you know, mm, and mm-hmm. the way that you've always treated me, you know, cause Alabama fans are evil, spiteful, hateful, you know, they find out you root for Auburn or somebody else, and they'll they'll just delete you out of their phone. They'll never talk to you again. Right. But you found me lost in the woods, and you took me under your wing, and you sheltered me, <laughs> and you showed me all the love. And I was like, that's what it's about, you know. I always loved, I was a truck driver for a while, and I always loved going through Nebraska because everybody treated you like family. Yeah. Everybody. So Nebraska has always held a, a special place in my heart. I also have an uncle that's from there, so that helps too. But. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good answer. Excellent answer. You know, I, I wasn't born here either. I was, oh, uh, you're from Arizona, yep, right? I'm from Arizona, yeah. The wife moved down there in 1988. Uh, found out that I was a Husker fan 
couple of weeks after she showed up at the church that I was going to at the time. And uh, that gave me a leg up, so to speak, <laughs> over all the other competition in that singles class that we were in at that particular time. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I became a fan in 1983 when the coach at the time, Dr. Tom Osborne, decided to go for two in a national championship game when back then you didn't have overtime. You either ended in a tie or you won the game. And oh, if yeah. you would have kicked the extra point on a last minute touchdown, um, he would have probably been voted national champion. But his philosophy was you either win it on the field or you don't win it at all. And that was the night I became a fan for life. So oh, yeah. I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you. You know what? There's been a little bit of news before we get to the last four games of the season. There has been a little bit of news. Uh, this year or the last week, as far as uh, the Husker football team is concerned. Um, But before we get to some of that news, let's just take a look at Nebraska's NCAA rankings last year. Total offense, Nebraska was 20th. In total defense, they were 47th, which kind of surprised me. I thought they were a little higher than that, Uh, but it's okay. Keep those numbers in mind as we take a look at some of the teams that we're going to play over the next four games, the last four games of the season, because you'll be quite surprised how competitive in their rankings Nebraska was in 2021. But before we get there, let's take a look at some of that latest news. Uh, Coach Frost on Thursday in the Sports Nightly uh, live stream named uh, Casey Thompson as the starter at quarterback, uh, which none of us are actually really surprised by that. The only thing that surprises me, Scott and Mike, is the fact that he named him uh, yeah. <laughs> like a week and a half, two weeks before the damn game. That's just not the Frost MO. So what Dude, do you guys yeah, it think? Really odd. It, it's, it's, he's clear. I think he's clear on who his quarterback's going to be, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, well, I, if I can interrupt for a second. Yeah, go ahead. I was reading an article on Sports Nation or wherever it was. And he was talking about uh, rotating quarterbacks in and out through that Northwestern Northwestern game. It's possible, yeah, yeah. You so, you probably it, especially if we get up on them early, you could you could yeah. see a couple of guys and come in. I'm yep. assuming that we're just going to slaughter Northwestern, so I, I would mm. assume that he would rotate quarterbacks out. But it'd be interesting to see how if they do rotate them out, how everybody plays under pressure, especially being over in Ireland. You know, that's that's a big deal for anybody. Right. How about you, Scott? What are your first impressions on that? Um, I thought it was just kind of, I, I wasn't expecting it, um, to be honest. I mean, yeah, it's not Frostimo to just go out and say it right away, but I mean, it was kind of expected. Um, I, I, right. like I said early in, in one of our other podcasts, I just, the, the de facto starter was going to be, um, Casey Thompson, and it would have been his job to lose. Um, so it doesn't really surprise me, to be honest. Um, I'm just surprised, quite frankly, that he even announced it to begin with, that he didn't leave Northwestern in the dark, which kind of has been. But we've also talked about that on a previous podcast. How much of this secretive crap that Frost has been pulling for the last four years has worked? None of it. None. So why not let everybody know what's going on, right? Hey, this guy's going to run out against you. This is the guy that led the Big 12 in touchdown passes last year with a mangled freaking thumb that no surgeon, hand surgeon on the planet Earth would have let him play 
those games after he hurt his thumb. But he did, and he led the Big 12 in touchdowns. So does that mean he's going to do that in the Big 10? I have no damn clue, but it means he's pretty freaking scrappy and tough. Uh, so I'm ready to ride with Casey. I'm pretty happy about the fact that we've we've let everybody know who our starting quarterback is going to be. Now I know, I'm sorry, some of this slide is not true because the black shirts were not announced uh, on Saturday like I thought they would be based on some of Frost's comments in that uh, interview on Sports Nightly. But on Saturday, the captains were named. I did not fill them in on the slide. I'm so, I'm sorry about that, but they are. Linebacker Nick Henrich, um, outside linebacker Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, and um, Travis Vokalek at tight end. So we've got three probable black shirts that are captains with one tight end who transferred in from Rutgers three years ago. So I'm not surprised by Nelson and uh, Henrich, kind of. Or no, Nelson and Vokalek. I'm not surprised by those two. Those are the two guys I thought would be on for sure. I am a little surprised that Henrik got the vote over Reimer and uh, Tanner got the vote over somebody else on offense. Um, yeah, but that did I, seem a little I kind of like the of... mix. I like the fact that there's two Nebraska boys in there as leaders. Um, what do you think, Scott? Yeah, I thought it was like it, I thought it was strange that it was three defensive captains and one offensive captain. Um, I would have just assumed that our starting quarterback, as it has been announced, um, Casey Thompson would have somehow found his way as a team captain. Um, right. But, you know, it's it's team vote. And yeah. Uh, I, that speaks volumes. What I'm mostly surprised about, and not even surprised, but pleasantly surprised about is the fact that they voted Caleb Tanner as a captain. That mm-hmm. just, it, to contrast that from last season, he had a lot of penalties thrown his way because he got a little bit too chippy yeah. and a little bit too involved emotionally mm-hmm. with certain uh, situations. And to me, that speaks of character growth. That speaks yep. to that his guys trust him, that they know that he's going to do the right thing when nobody's looking, um, even though there's always going to be, you know, you know, tens of thousands of fans always looking at you. Right. Um, and yeah, not to mention <laughs> national media and all that stuff. But um, that's what was surprising to me. I wasn't expecting right. a Caleb Tanner to to earn that. And the fact that he did, like I said, mm-hmm. speaks volumes of character growth, and I'm and I'm honestly really proud of the guy for earning that that uh, that merit. So, yeah, let's let's see a, a just an absolutely outrageously fired up Caleb Tanner this year. Like, <laughs> oh man, like here we go. You know what? It's not lost on me that two of the guys that were named captains are two of the guys that O'Shawn Mathis was brought in to, well, let's just say it. It's not popular to say he was brought in to replace one of those two guys. But his teammates <laughs> voted them to be captains as opposed to O'Shawn. Now, I will say this. My understanding is that Frost had made it clear to the team, anybody who transferred in who has not played a down yet in Nebraska as a Nebraska Cornhusker cannot be elected a captain. So I think that's important to note 
that the reason somebody like Oshan Mathis wasn't elected was because he wasn't eligible to be elected according to the Same coach. And I Casey. appreciate that. I truly appreciate that. What do you think, uh, Michael, as a brand new, newly minted Husker fan, what do you think of these new captains? <laughs> the wee with... little Nebraska baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> well, what so... do you need to be burped? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am drinking some adult beverages that may require burping, but you know we'll worry about that later. Um, the way I look at it is, you know, it's a team vote as to who was the four captains, and right. so it has to speak a lot to these four guys. What are they doing off the field? What are they doing in in the clubhouse? Right. You know, how are they at practice? Are they mentors? Are they leaders? Are they people that we're just right. sleeping on, you know, because we don't see the type of character that they have, you know, when they're not on the field. And obviously the character that you have in the locker room is right. going to be different than the guy that's out there, you know, maybe catching the footballs to score the touchdowns, you know, like we, there's a lot of stuff I know that we don't see. So to me, it's a big honor. It's a big deal. And congratulations to all of them. You know, I never Absolutely. got a captain of anything. So. <laughs> Neither did I, so yeah. I'm really happy. Especially a lot to see, character. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm just happy to see two kids who grew up in this state uh loving yeah. this program uh get to be two captains of the program. I think it's awesome. Um good lord, I'm popping this microphone like crazy. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> I'm just gonna move it a little. There we go. Hope that's better. Um <clears throat> let's take a look here. Latest Big Ten news. We heard this earlier this week on a lot of the podcasts that Fox, CBS, NBC, the Big Ten Network, and Peacock streaming services have announced their media rights deal with the Big Ten to the tune of seven-plus billion dollars over the next seven years. And that means there's no more Big Ten games on the ESPN family of properties. Thank God. They don't like the Big Ten anyway. So good. No more, no more games on ABC or ESPN. The inclusion of NBC might finally bring Notre Dame into the fold of the Big Ten. It it, it pretty much guarantees they're not going to join another conference that's not in this family of networks. And each team could be raking in up to a hundred million bucks per year by the end of the seven-year deal. Scott, <clears throat> this was what we were waiting to hear. For the last couple of weeks, everybody's been talking about it on all the shows like Hale Varsity and everybody else. I'm not surprised by this, are you? No, I'm not really surprised by it. Uh, money talks and so do royalties. <laughs> and yeah. as we've seen, you know, I think this is a, another cascading effect of NIL, weirdly enough, is that once the floodgates were opened, to a higher degree when it came to funds being distributed yeah. down the food chain, even mm -hmm. down to the individual player. Um, we really are starting to see how that's affecting marketing and, uh, and, and uh, exposure. And I mean, just any on a, on a game to game basis. Um, and so us dropping ESPN and ABC, or I guess, really a uh, ESPN and ABC not willing to foot the bill for what big 10 what the big 10 uh, conference saw themselves right. in their, in their value. Uh, 
I mean, you know, tough nuts, you know, and it's fine. We'll just go get a, <laughs> we'll just go get a good deal with, with these other guys, Fox, CBS, NBC, and big 10 network and Peacock. Can't forget Peacock. Um, right. Like they're going to pay more. See ya. Like mm-hmm. really money talks. Money is money is the driver for a lot of this and for almost all of it. And so it doesn't it, it doesn't surprise me that things are uh, changing in this landscape of finances specifically. Um, so we'll see how it all plays out. But I'm I'm not I'm not sad at all. I didn't particularly care for it for ESPN. The only thing that this means really is that the likelihood of game day showing up to a Big Ten game is not really going to happen um, unless it's a a top five showdown between two top five mm-hmm. teams. Um, right. Like if it was, a, you know, an Ohio State and a Michigan, I, I wouldn't surprise me if game day still showed up to such a thing because, I mean, right. I, I, just, I don't know how that all is going to work out. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it doesn't surprise me, though. Mike, you got an opinion on this? So, this might be totally out of my league. Um, <laughs> because I look at this as, oh, thank God I don't have to watch ESPN to watch Nebraska football. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. You know, like everybody's got their favorite broadcast team. You know, I still miss John Madden every Saturday, well, every Sunday, but you know, like if if he would still get out there and call games, that'd be great. And I, I look at it like that. Like, I, I never enjoyed ESPN watching football, whether it be the NCAA or the NFL. So right. I take I'm that away you. from this. So, <laughs> it might be a, a really abstract opinion, but I'm happy about it. <laughs> I'm good. All right. So my camera just totally went blurry, which is a good thing for everybody watching, but... A bad thing for me. <laughs> Just a uh, squiggle. Yeah. Can't, you can't seem to did, win. Can't seem to every, win with it. Everybody cross your eyes. It'll straighten out. <laughs> nope, nah, that didn't know. work. All right. I'll uh, turn it off for now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a day. It's been a day for sure. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Well, we'll move on to the next slide, and you guys can talk about this. Minnesota Golden Gophers, that's our first game this year. Or not first game this year, the first game of the last four. Holy cow. I'm totally thrown by a blurry camera. Sorry. Yeah, don't um, worry about it. <laughs> they were everybody. <laughs> yeah, brand new. We've only done 45 of these. Um <laughs> record was nine and four last year, six and three in the Big Ten Conference. Their offense was ranked 99th <laughs> in the NCAA, and we still let those sons of guns score 30 on us, Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they averaged 25.46 points per game. They rushed for 198 yards per game, passed for 162 for a total of 360. The defense was ranked third, and we still scored, what, 23, 24 on them, I think? Yeah, yeah, 17.31 points per game is what they averaged giving up on a defense. They 
gave up less than 100 yards per game on the run and just under 200 yards per game on the pass for a total of 278.5. Hey, this is the first game of the gauntlet, the, the, the final four, that I'm concerned about because I'm not sure where to go with this one. So I'm going to let you guys start first, namely you, uh, Michael. What do you think happens in this game? <clears throat> All right, Ken. Scott, let me tell you about it. The Golden Gophers are going to golden get out of town. All right. Where are we playing? We're playing them at home. Oh, yeah, we got this. It's going to be a tight game, but I think Nebraska is going to pull it off. I got hope. It was close last year. You know, it was a one point game last year, and I think that home field advantage. And it's late in the season, so all the kinks are going to be worked out. Quarterbacks are going to be situated. You know, it'll be like how the team just really came together more and more as they played last year. I think it's going to the same thing happen this year. But instead of us being one point behind, I think we're going to be over them. I think we're going to beat them. All right. What is, what would be a score prediction that you would uh, poop out your butt right now? What was your score prediction? Might have said a uh, 35-21 Nebraska, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreaming big. I'm on the Kool Aid hard, man. <laughs> so you're saying you're saying thir- uh, 35-21 Nebraska? Probably not the 30. I mean, I'm gonna go. I'll put it out there because if you speak things out, apparently they become truth or something. Somebody told me one time, but <laughs> I'm really. <laughs> I'm really hoping that we can come in and, and handle business. You know, we Nebraska's got a good team. They just they just can't cross that apex every single time. And I, I think this year's the year it's gonna come together and they're gonna be able to cross that apex and they're gonna win it. How about you, Scott? All right, so this is a tough one. Um I mean, just looking at looking at the numbers, I mean, they're they are going to be ranked like one of the worst teams in in the country for returning uh, for returning productivity Um, just across the board. Doesn't mean that it's going to be bad on either side of the football. It's just it just means that they're just not going to have as much experience just readily available at any given moment. Um, Mm -hmm. And looking at looking at their uh, let's see their offense, you know, I, I assume it's going to probably take a step forward. I mean, they're getting um, shoot, they're getting their top five pass cap- catchers are all coming back: Chris Ottman, right. Bell, Dylan Wright. You know, even their tight end Brevin Spanford, no, and yeah, well, I mean, yeah, of course, Mo Ibrahim. Um, I mean, Mo Ibrahim entered the 2021 season as an All-American and then was just injured. And yeah, even First with just game. three games, even with three games, he still took 30 carries for 163 yards. And and I mean, the, I, I have a feeling that Minnesota is going to be better next year than they were this right. year. I don't know about their defense, but I still think that they're going to be at least a top 25 defense given the fact that they were a top five defense last year. Um, And I mean, you just look across the board at their defensive rankings and there's very few things that you could say about their defense that 
that they won't just reload. Um, I think this year we will know for certain if Minnesota is a reload type of, of defensive setup. Um, and I, I did get my, I wrote it down wrong. Um, their returning production on defense is, is one of the worst. Uh, they've yeah. only got 59% returning on their defense. Um, but they have 80% returning on offense. So I have a feeling their offense is going to take a step forward and their defense will take a little bit of a step back. But like I said, I have the suspicion that Minnesota is just going to reload on their defense and they're going to figure out how to make it work, especially going into game nine of the season. Um, I think both uh, us and Minnesota are going to be pretty much ready for that game. Unfortunately, I don't foresee this being a win for Nebraska, oh, um, oh, even though it's going to be, a, <laughs> even though it's, is it, is it a night game or is it supposed to be a night game? I don't remember. I don't uh, remember if it's remember. even been scheduled yet. I, I don't think yeah. it's been scheduled yet. So I, <sighs> yeah, no, dude, I, I I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm not calling it a win. I'm not calling I'm still on the fence on this one. Um, y- yeah i've got i've got it i've got it chalked off as just i'm just gonna count it as as a loss and i'm gonna i'm gonna preface for the next three games that aside from one game all of the games that i am picking (laughs) if if this is a spoiler alert here until we are able to beat the teams that we are playing in these next four games even though we have beaten minnesota before um, right. But Fleck has had frost numbers since 2019. So, yep. um, until we can show that we can beat them, aside from one, I'm given an exception with an asterisk and say that I will never pick us to lose against a specific <laughs> team that their corn may or may not suck. May or may not. Um, no, their corn definitely <laughs> sucks. But okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm going to pick this as a loss and I think it's going to be a very, very low scoring game because uh, even with only 59% of, of uh, Minnesota's production returning on defense and with Nebraska, you know, there's some question marks in their defense, but I think their defense will be better. I think that they're going to pretty much have Mm -hmm. even defenses. Um, And I think it's going to be a defensive showdown. I think it's going to be a very, very low scoring game. And believe it or not, I think that this is going to be a special teams dominated game where Nebraska is going to show that their special teams will not lose them the game. It's going to be some sort of just defensive stopping our, like Minnesota's defense stopping our offense. So I think it's going to be a really, really odd an oddly scored game. And I am going to pick it to be. Hmm. I'm going to go. Shoot. Let me do the math in my mind. All right. So I think we get in the end zone at least once. And I think we kick three field goals. And so that puts us at 16 and Minnesota edges us out at 17 so i'm going to say 17 to 16 minnesota one point loss with them going down the field and getting a last second field goal once again that's every that's basically all three losses at this point have been last second scores that's my prediction so 17 to 16 minnesota edges out nebraska at home probably at night under the lights big sad and depression how about you, Mike? What do you got for a score? Oh, oh yeah, you were gone. 
Um, <laughs> no, you get to go to now. Again. No, I'm, me and Scott already. I'm still about trying it. to figure it out. Oh, God. <laughs> I yeah, don't know we, where I'm going to go. We, oh, okay. We well, already we uh, already chatted so, it out. So Kool Aid, Kool Aid, Kool Aid, thirty five twenty one Nebraska. <laughs> my Alrighty. my problem is is you know that I mean it was just a touchdown that they lost mm-hmm. by last year. You know these last four games were all touchdown or field goal is all that they lost by. And who's to say that this year it's not just mm-hmm. looked around? You know, who's to right. say this isn't the year that we beat them by the touchdown? And I know we have them right. going up by 14, but I really just <laughs> want to see them just, just send it home. <laughs> Win it comfortably. Yeah. 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 Well, I would love to see it. I would take that. Don't don't okay. get me wrong. Well, no, I, I understand. I'm just being extra hopeful. You know, I'm oh, new, good. new to the disappointment. Well, last year it was disappointing too, but you know <laughs> it was historically disappointing last yeah. year um yeah, <laughs> well here's where i'm here's where i'm gonna land and i and i've thought about this on, a lot man. and as scott was guy. talking and as you were talking mike i'm gonna call this a win for nebraska and here's yes. why here's why i think uh jacques has never gotten out of his head the fact that he tripped over his own two goddamn feet at the fourth and one at the goal line to go ahead in that game last year. Um, because we fought back hard in that game in the second half, and we were we were set to go ahead, and Jock just tripped over his own feet. I don't think you're going to see that happen this year. If we're not scoring on something. Uh, inside the 20 against Minnesota with Jacquiant. Somebody is going to get some redemption for him. And I think we win this one by three points. I think Nebraska wins it 24 to 21 because we have a kicker that's going to kick something in the first quarter. And then both teams are going to trade touchdowns for the rest of the game. And the difference is going to be Bleak Road nailing a 41 yarder in the first quarter. So that's how I see it. Nebraska is now eight and one. Uh, Mike's got us nine and oh. You have got us six (laughs) and three, Scott. Either way, all three of us have us uh, bowl eligible, which is always good in my mind. So, oh, dear God, I got to get rid of that ugly. Um, (laughs) 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 You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's move on to, uh, well, shoot, we don't need to do that now because <laughs> we've already picked the game. Uh, my bad. Michigan, we go to the big house, a place where a team called Appalachian freaking state won back in like 2007. So there's nothing that says we can't win there. They came to Nebraska and they won here. A team that was a number three seed in the college football playoff only beat us, a 3-9 and nine team, by three points. Mostly because the referee figured out how to not blow his damn whistle when Martinez was already down. But that's just me. Um, their offense last year was ranked 25th in the country, which led them to a 12-2 and two record, 8-1 and one in the Big Ten. The only loss was to Kenneth Walker and the Michigan State Spartans, the same running back we held to basically no yards in the second half of our game with them, and then still 
freaking managed to lose. <sighs> Talk about historic. Um, they gave up 200 and, or they uh, managed 214 yards per game on the ground, 229 yards per game through the air, very balanced offense to the tune of 443 yards per game on average. Their defense only gave up 17.4 points per game, 126 yards rushing, 204 yards per game passing. Nebraska exceeded both of those numbers to the tune of almost 400 yards. And that explains why we got within three points. They only gave up an average of 330 yards a game. There you go. 204, 255. Oh, holy cow. Yeah. We could have done, we could have beat them. We could have freaking beat them, but we didn't do it. So it was painful. It hurt. How painful is this game going to be in um, Ann Arbor? Mike, what do you think? All right. So remember that thing we keep talking about called Kool Aid? <laughs> it was it, it, it was Man. invented here in Nebraska. So apparently you're was drinking it? a butt oh, ton God. of it down there in Virginia. Yeah. I'm- I've got a bathtub full, and I keep just filling up the cup and drinking it. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, what do you got? <laughs> for me, last year, that was such a close game. I know. I mean, only coming down to a field goal, really. Like, in in them, I mean, they were a phenomenal team last year. Yep. But, I don't know, man. You know? <laughs> I, I would like to think that it's going to be a very close game again this year. Yeah. You know, and like to me, Nebraska is so underrated as far as how good they were last year. You know, like people just sleeping on them. I was sleeping on them. You know, everybody slept on them, but they were right. so good. And, and I really see them coming back. I really think, I really think that this year, I mean, like Scott, you said what last week that, you know, uh, Scott Frost, this is his year, make or break. He has to do it. And I think there's going to be foot to ask when it comes to these big-time, big-name games. And uh, I'd I like to think that they pull it off by field goal this year, 30-27. to 30-27. to 27. Oh, yeah. Ooh, the Kool-Aid is flowing. The, the Kool-Aid, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. I, You know what to do, Scott. <laughs> You know what to do? Go ahead and ruin it, it, man. Drop it. I'm about that guy's size, too, so yeah, that's me. (laughs) I think you are that guy, Michael, aren't you? No. (laughs) He really isn't. No, he's not. No, I'm trying trying not to be, but like, just what I, okay, last year was the first year I really paid attention to to Nebraska, you know, and watching them in that high and low, that emotional roller coaster they put me yeah. on, where I'm like, you're right there. Come on, just get, just get that ball just a little bit further down the field, and, and right. you're gonna win. <laughs> and then they won it, and then they would lose, and I'm like, they have it. They're right there, you know. And and right, I want to think, man, this year they're just gonna, they're just gonna blow everybody's mind. They're going to beat Alabama for the national championship, and I'm going to laugh at all the people back home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, You can't dream. 
the weed know. the weed must be really have, good in Virginia. I'm just saying. I have that tattoo. Oh, it's actually <laughs> it's actually legal here, and I, but I don't partake. Uh, so. Yeah, sure you don't. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We just apparently your Kool Aid is laced with it. Um, yeah, but you don't know it. A, you just don't one, know it. Give me one year of living in fantasy land. <laughs> And then next year I'll be like, God, we're we're going oh and thirty six. There's not even thirty six games in the season, but, but we're, we're gonna, gonna lose in the bye week. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. lose in the preseason. We're gonna lose in the off season, you know, and I'll yeah. be right there with you, Scott. <laughs> All right, Scott. <laughs> what do you think happens in Ann Arbor? Um, I honestly think it's gonna be a pretty close game. Um I too. as as much as I I mean, they're going to have an explosive offense. They are 13th in the country for returning production and across the board. I mean, I mean, their worst stat line Mm -hmm. offensively is their passing offense. And even with their passing offense being ranked 68 with an average of 229 yards per game. I mean, they're, they're, their yards attempted and quarterback rating and touchdown to interception ratio and sacks, you know, per attempt and all that stuff. Like it's still all pretty good. Um, They're actually worse than Minnesota when it comes to their defensive returning production. They only have 43% returning. And if Nebraska can have the same type of defense that they did last year, Mm -hmm. like I said, in previous and I will stress this because this is my bold prediction for the year is that our defense is going to take a step forward this year, not a step back and, and, and anything like that. Um, so you compare that to their offense. I think that we were able to figure out a way to lock down their offense last year with the defense we had. And so I think we will do the same and with their defense taking a step back. And my prediction is our offense takes a step forward. I think once again, we are going to be in a very, very close game with Michigan. Um, and it's going to result in a heartbreak. However, uh, yep. Yep. I just, (laughs) I just don't, I just don't see, I just don't see us pulling this one off. Um, I think that Michigan is still going to end up being a top 10 team. I don't know if they're going to make it back to the playoff, um, just because of that, that pesky Ohio state game at the end of the year. Um, but I do think that they will be in a new year's six bowl and mm-hmm. I, I just don't Rose bowl, maybe uh, something like that. I don't, I don't care because we're not going to be there, but, um, <laughs> um, we'll yeah, be in the, I mean, the weed eater bowl. That's where we'll be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at their four their last four years of recruiting, I mean, they've they've recruited a top fifteen team, and all of them on the team right now are at least a top fifteen uh, talent. And so it's like, it's it's just it's gonna be it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck because I think that it's it's gonna be an even closer game than it was last year, not score wise, but in the way that it's played. Um, right. I think that it's going to be a very mistake free game. It's going to just be a, a just, field I don't, position. I don't even know. Field what? position. Field yes. position. Yeah. Yes. Field position and taking advantage of opportunities. And um, I, I think that the defenses are just, 
I think our defense is going to stop their offense and their offense is going to stumble um, or, or our defense is going to have a weird time with their offense. Um, so my score prediction, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than it was last year. Cause I really think that both of our offenses are going to really make or break this game. Um, even though I think our defenses both together will, will be formidable. Um, so I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a 35 to 31 victory for the Wolverines, which is a four point loss versus a three point loss that we experienced last year. But like I said, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit cleaner in in its, in its presentation. It's sad that every time Scott talks, I'm like, yeah, that makes so much sense compared to what I (laughs) 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 What do you got, Ken? Come on, tell us the truth. I I have got, unfortunately, the same thing that the two of you have, (sighs) which is a close loss. Um, Not because a quarterback gives up a turnover at the end of the game, like happened last year. Uh, Not because Michigan's offense is better. Not because their special teams are better, but just because they're better and they managed to win a football game and they win it by three points. Um, I'm going with 34-31. I think both teams score some points. And uh, when it really matters at the end, Michigan makes a stop when Nebraska has the ball inside of two minutes. And then the comparisons start for the next week or two before the next game uh, of whether or not Adrian Martinez was more clutch at the end of a game or Casey Thompson is Hmm. because that's what we freaking do. We completely crap on on our own teams. Uh, It's just, it's, it's what we do. So um, that's what I have. 34, 31 Michigan. Casey Thompson is going to be better or worse than Adrian Martinez. I, I mean, don't know he, yet. He did a yeah, good job no down there in Texas. You know, like that's the other thing too is the whole new quarterback situation. You know, like is this guy just going to sit there and send bombs down the field, touchdown pass after touchdown pass, and just going to bulldoze everybody, or is it, is it going to be bad news bears? You know, that's hard to predict, really. Um, you look at his stat lines and his game to game performance when he did play at Texas. And it does look eerily similar to what we experienced with Martinez um, with maybe a slight edge over Martinez. And then you add the, the context of a busted up thumb. Um, Yep. It's really hard to make a, a sound interpretation or even a prediction model for such a thing. Um, I, I'm hoping, and honestly, I'm going to lay my cards out right now. I I don't necessarily feel confident with Casey Thompson at this moment, um, and I don't know why. There's no reason for it, just an intuition. I, I just have a feeling that I'm going to be substantially frustrated with him this year. That's my intuition, but there's mm. no rhyme or reason for it. It's just strictly internal. Um but maybe that's just because of the trauma and the heartbreak and the bias <laughs> of, yeah. of recency. And 
I just, I, I have trust issues, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know how, I don't know how to trust a quarterback as of late. So, you know, maybe well, that's where it comes from, but I don't know. What was your score from. prediction again, Michael? I'm sorry. Um, 27, 20. 24, no, 30, 30 to 27, uh, Nebraska wins. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. I forgot to write it down. One thing I, <laughs> I I was reading was, you know, Coach Frost said that he did was was pretty good before the thumb surgery, but he had the thumb surgery and he is like really good now. Yep. You know, and, and I think about people like growing up, I, I used to watch Brett Favre with two broken legs, a missing arm, and he'd go out yeah. there and throw a Hail Mary and, and <laughs> win the game, you know, and in my oh, mind, wow. like it can happen again, right? Brett Favre is the guy that went out and played on Monday Night Football in Oakland the day his dad died and threw, like, four freaking touchdown passes in the first half. And Oakland hates everybody. They hate everybody. And there was signs all over the place going, Brett, we're pulling for you. We miss your dad, blah, 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 blah. And he goes off for, like, four touchdowns in the first half. I was like, Holy God, only Brett Favre could do that. And maybe yeah. maybe Casey Thompson's got some Brett Favre in him. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to put that burden on the man's shoulders, but it's, you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's like they say, any given Sunday, right? You know, like you never know well, until any, that dude's yeah. on the field, any given Saturday, but I'm yeah. quoting a football movie, you know. I know what you mean. It's a good football maybe, movie too, by the way. It is. You and haven't maybe, seen that yet, have you, Scott? You need to. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think classic. I've seen it. Oh, my God. What the hell is wrong with you? I, I told know. you I've that in like episode 12 of the show that you need to do any <laughs> given Sunday. It's so <sighs> good. I'll have to sit down hey. with the wifey one of these days and make it happen. Ken, I got one days. name for you. Shane yeah. Falco. <laughs> Shane who? Shane Falco. From... Oh my God! Keanu Reeves and the Replacement. No, God, Replacement. Sorry, I've ah, seen that movie one. like twice. It, I, I it, it, it didn't do much for did. me. But oh man, what is anyway? What is we should move on to the next game, which is Wisconsin, Wisconsin at home. The whiskey barrel. We if if we didn't give up an opening kickoff return for a touchdown last year, there's no doubt in my mind that we probably would have won that game last season. So they're coming into Lincoln. Jonathan Taylor's or not Jonathan Taylor. The other guy that runs like Jonathan Taylor, Raylan Allen. He's like going to be 18 this year, maybe (laughs) at 240 pounds and runs like Ramir Johnson for God's sakes. It seems Um, they were nine and four last year, six and three in the big 10. Their offense was 88th ranked in the country. Thank God for Bailey and Allen. Otherwise, they didn't have an offense. Yeah. Uh, 25 yeah. <laughs> points per game. They they had a total of 371 yards per game on offense, 211 by the rush, 160 yards by the pass. I'm not sure if Graham Mertz is going to get any better than that this year. Uh, 16 points per game is all they gave up on defense, which ranked them first in total defense in the country. Uh that's why they were nine and four. You have a good defense, you're going to be ranked pretty highly. Uh, 65 yards is all they gave up 
all year long on the ground, 174 by the pass for a total of 239 yards per game. Nebraska ran it for 101 yards, which was above their average. They threw it for 351 with a quarterback named Adrian Martinez with a jacked-up shoulder in the second half throwing the football. So that's pretty impressive. We put up 28 points. They gave us – they put up 35 because we couldn't figure out how to stop Raylan Allen in the fourth quarter especially. So 252 yards on the ground, 145 yards on the pass for a total of 397. (laughs) We out-yarded them by 455, and we still lost. Special teams, man. Special teams. If you don't give up that that uh, kickoff return at the beginning of the game, this is a completely different contest. It changes your play calls. It changes everything. So, <clears throat> boys, what do you think is going to happen at home in Memorial Stadium where the advantage is ours? We're bowl eligible. We really don't have a whole lot to lose in this game except the game itself. So Scott, what do you think happens in this game? Oh, I think that Braylon Allen is just going to continue on his upward trend. Um, God, I hate you. From You shouldn't have showed up on the stream. Really? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm drinking realism. You know, I don't know what that would be. I I think I'm drinking water. I'm just drinking water and staying properly hydrated i suppose actually i'm drinking sweet tea you know shock um but uh dude i think braylon allen if if you know voiding a potential injury from at some point in the season i really think that he could be a heisman candidate like with how he went off last year i mean he ran for 1200 yards and that isn't even he didn't even start until what the third fourth game yeah, he didn't the start. Dude was a he, beast. He only had like a total of 49 rushing yards going into the Illinois game, which was their third game of the season and then yeah, he averaged, you know, his worst game after that was Minnesota, which they lost against Minnesota at the end of the season and he only had 47 rushing yards at that game. So I think I I really think that he's just going to just going to pop off this year and I mean, if you really just look at their ranks offensively just across the board i mean they were just like you said they were a dumpster fire aside from their rushing offense and graham mertz was just so underwhelming after his 2020 potential ceiling showing that right kind of fizzled out by the end of the 2020 season they've got to get something figured out when it comes to their pass offense um and i think that they might this year i'm just not 100 percent sure i don't know what that would even look like, but, um, it's, it's tough. It's tough to pick this one because it's, it's like you said, it's going to be at Memorial stadium. And with the context of my prediction of, of back to back losses, um, I, I would hope that we would play a good game against them. And I think we will. Um, but, I'm just going to have to pick this one as a loss for the reason that I stated uh, at the beginning of this podcast, which is that until we can show that we can beat Wisconsin, like I just, I'm just going to wait until I see it. Um, I think that they're going to reload, even though, like I said 
or like I've said before on the previous two opponents that we've gone up against thus far in this episode, they have another bad returning production percentage with 59% returning on their defense. But I think that they will reload on their defense and they're going to find a way to stop our, by this point in the season, I think we're going to have an explosive offense. Um, They'll find a way to stop us and we will walk out of Memorial stadium with a broken heart. And I think that the score is going to be a lower scoring game. Um, I think that we will have another kind of Michigan state showing where for whatever reason, we're the anomaly and we just kind of stop Braylon Allen. We figure out how to stop him this year versus last year. Um, But it'll be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be something like a, uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 20, 20 to 14 Wisconsin. So it's right. a little, little bit bigger of a deficit, but I don't know. I don't see us really. Can you, I don't know. You go next. I got to, I got to do something real quick. You're good. You're good. All right. Well. I'm kind of with you, Scott. I don't know. I don't know. Even with Oshan Mathis showing up uh, and a anemic pass offense with uh, with Wisconsin, if we're going to be able to slow down Braylon Allen enough to offset how crappy their their pass defense is, or pass offense is. Because there, if there's anything I know about this Shenander defense, it's that the fact that we have given up over 200 yards rushing to one back at Wisconsin since he's been here. Every flipping year, we've given up 200 yards. So I'm not seeing that change this year. I think... Uh, and it hurts for me to say this. I think they win by 10. Really? Hmm. I, I, I see it. I see I think that. They, I think Jim Leonard is one of the best defensive coordinators in the game. And I think he's young enough to understand the Whipples of the world and how to stop them. And I think we put up like 20 points total. 20 points for Nebraska, and I think they put up at least, well, if you think that Braylon Allen is going to rush for at least 200 yards, which I think he will, I think that's good for 31 points for Wisconsin. So that has me at what? Eight and and three. Eight and three? Yep, you got us at eight and three. Eight and three. And Michael, uh, my dad predicted a 31 to 20 loss for Nebraska against Wisconsin. Um, and so I guess that the table is yours. What are you thinking? Are you continuing the cool? And I, pred- I, I predicted that Michael, based on what we've known for the last, we've only beaten Wisconsin once in the 11 years we've been in the big 10. And I know we were better last year. I know we were better last year, but we've also given up 200 yards rushing every year for the, for the four years that Frost has been our coach. 
Yeah. I just don't see us stopping that. I just, I don't know if we have, well, you know, again, I, I was sitting here looking at last year's numbers at like the 351 <laughs> yards passing, and I'm like, damn, that's a lot of football in the air, you know. But but then I was realizing, you know what, we have a totally different quarterback, so who even knows? Yeah. But I think our, our defense is still going to be pretty strong. And if they don't figure out something for the pass on their offense and they totally rely on, uh, what's that dude's name, um, Braylon Allen to yeah. run the damn ball down our throat, that's the key. If you can just shut that run down, what are they going to do in the air? You know, <laughs> we tried. We've tried for four years to shut the rundown. We didn't. <laughs> that was an all-Big Ten offensive line at Wisconsin every but, year. But maybe this is the year. <laughs> <laughs> that they aren't. I get it. I get it. Yeah, no, we can do I this. It. i got to believe. So, I don't know. You know, and, and look, if you're looking at, I pulled up the, the man's stats. He had 186 attempts for 1,268 yards, 12 touchdowns, averaged 6.8 yards a game. I mean, that's a pretty high average, or yeah. 6.8 yards a, an attempt. I carry. Me. That was, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, all got six yards a game. Why are y'all worried about him? Six yards <laughs> no, a carry. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a good statistic because there's NFL players that don't, you know, they get two yards a carry. So, mm. yeah, that he's definitely a force to be reckoned with. But I think, I mean, we've played them and played them. I'd like to think that maybe we got some tricks up our sleeves or, you know, if he's sitting at, cause if he started late last year, surely he'll have more attempts by that time this year. Maybe it'll be at 200 attempts. I don't want the guy to get hurt, but you keep sending the man into the pile, you know, over and over again. That's a possibility we got to think about too. And if, if he got hurt, what's their backup? You know, do they have a backup plan? Chelsea. Do they? Chen well, Lucy, I think. I don't know if he's coming back though. My uh, my uh, <laughs> my rant was going nowhere then. <laughs> it's all um, good. So, well, still, you know, like, who's to say something doesn't happen to Braylon? God willing, nothing does because it's terrible when young athletes get hurt like that. But you know, this late season, where are they going to be at? Health-wise, where are we going to be at health-wise? And what's, what's our quarterback situation going to do? And what's our defense going to be doing? You know, are we going to sure. figure out a way? By then, there's going to be enough tape mm. throughout the year. Enough people are going to be watching those games to go, this is how we got to stop that guy. I hope. I hope. And I'm hoping that Nebraska pulls it off. Big win, 35-14. to <laughs> 35-14. Yeah, Nebraska's gonna shove it down their throat through the air. So we're like eleven that, and zero at this point. Yeah, we're eleven. Guess what? We're going twelve and zero, baby. <laughs> well, I had this feeling. Go ahead, give that away. <laughs> go ahead. What me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. We got, we got Iowa Ooh. up next. Yeah, we got and, Iowa. Uh, Iowa sucks. Spoiler period. Man. It's boring there. The women are ugly. The food tastes bad. It's just not a good place to be. And I think next year we're going to come into Iowa. We're going to show them the what's for. I mean, we only lost by a touchdown last year. 
let's go. We can go there and smack them right in the mouth and just set their cornfields on fire. Let's do it. Why not, man? Why we deserve that? Let's go and do it. And y'all can do your official stuff now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Mike. No, 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 nah. You, uh, you're the first one up to uh, give a prediction for a score. How the game goes. So, what do you think? I really think it's going to be the exact same score last year. It's going to be 28-21, but it's going to be our win. I think it will be a hard-fought win. I mean, it's the last game of the year. People's minds are thinking about bowls, thinking about, you know, being eligible for the draft and, you know, what they're going to do, you know, towards towards the end of the year. So people aren't necessarily focused on, hey, let's go beat Iowa. And Iowa, you know, their noses are all turned up. They think there's something super special, and they're going to sleep on Nebraska this year, and <laughs> Nebraska's just going to come in and bust them up. I really, I hope, with my hopest of hopes, my hardest of hearts, that all else fails, Nebraska destroys Iowa. We can lose to Northwestern as long as we beat Iowa. I <laughs> uh, dude, dude, I hear you. Especially when you look at these stats, because you know, they were a the hundred and twenty first ranked offense. I know in the How NCAA. You... How the fuck did we lose that game last year? But their defense was ranked seventeen. Our defense was ranked forty seven. Iowa knew if we just wait, if they just waited long enough, we would figure out how to score ourselves. And that's exactly what happened. We played lights out football for three quarters, right, Scott? Yeah. We were there. Yep. We were there 21 was, to six. We're sitting there between the third and fourth quarter. And, and uh, they did the whole thunderstruck shit. And we're sitting there listening to it. And I looked at Scott and I went, so when's the other boot going to drop? <laughs> because that's what we did the entire yeah. year was wait for the other boot to drop. And I'm pretty sure the team did the same thing. So um, our offense, 21 points, their defense. Yeah, it, it just, uh, it was a painful day. So you think we're going to win? Mike, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bet. 28-21, same score as last year, but it's going to be us winning. And if we lose... In their I'll, house. I'll sell Charlie. Hell yeah, in their house. If we lose, you'll right sell Charlie. Yeah, that's You're how much sell confident. Charlie. That's how confident I am that we're going to win against Iowa at Iowa. Charlie's a cool <laughs> dog, dude. You don't want to sell Charlie because of a yeah, well, then football game. They they better get it together and win, or I'm going to go there and punch Ron Frost in the head now. Scott <laughs> <laughs> Frost, uh, excuse me. Oh, <laughs> turn. Gosh. All right, Scott, what do you think happens to, uh, against Iowa? Well, their offense is going to continue their trend with sucking, and Brian Ferentz has proven that as much in the last five years he's he's worked yeah. at Iowa. He's he's produced basically nothing, which isn't much of a which isn't much of a anything you could say when he was the he's the predecessor to Greg Davis, who was also a big nothing burger for Iowa. Uh, I mean, that's right. just mostly been Iowa the last ten years. Literally, is that. Their offense is medium grade at best. Um, 
and their defense is going to reload. Um, they've got a decent amount of returning production on their defense, um, and they're going to be serviceable in all aspects of their defense next year, I believe, or this year, I believe. Um, and just from a, like, there's a bias standpoint, and then there is a, just a factual standpoint, like, if, if there's any team here that the law of averages is going to go in Nebraska's favor, I think it's going to be the Iowa game um, where we've just lost to them enough times where we're just bound to win, um, even though we're going to be going to Kinnick and it's going to be a crazy Black Friday game and yep. it's the last game for both of our seasons and mm-hmm. and Iowa's had our number for years and years and years and years. Um, I just – after losing three games in a row to Minnesota, Michigan, and Wisconsin, being six and five, we go to Kinnick, and I just, I just think we're going to pull off the win. Um, oh, I like where you're yeah. going. Go ahead. Yeah, and I, yeah, you know, they've got. I could, I could go into the details of why I think so, but that'll obviously be saved for the preview of the game when it's when it's you know November and we're going into that game and right. I can kind of break it down a little bit more, which goes for every game that we've covered thus far in the last three episodes. Um, <laughs> but I think I think that we win. I think that we win this game and we finish our season off seven and five. I think that based on the fact that the losses that we will have had up to the season will once again be one score losses. I think uh, Scott Frost secures his job security for at least one more year. And we get a walk out of Kinnick with that freaking trophy again. Um, While it's not like we've walked out of Kinnick with it. I don't believe we have. Um, Yeah, we did. 2014 was the last time we did. It was the last time we beat him. Oh really? We la- I thought last time we beat them it was in Memorial. That's crazy. No, we lost um, in Memorial 2013. We went to that game, and then next year we beat them, and then we haven't beat them since. Wow! Okay, since Riley well then, was hired, we have not beat them. So then we have to win again in Kinnick, I suppose, based on you know, yep, uh, uh, crystal ball predictions and all that stuff. And yeah, I, I'm actually going to go with the exact same score that Michael has just as a big middle finger to Iowa. And it's going to be <laughs> 28 to 21. And I think we're actually going to come back from a score deficit. I think that we are going to be down seven points. It's going to be 21 to 14 going into the fourth quarter with Iowa leading. And we are going to get a two score explosion in the fourth quarter and we will win this game and i've got to take this call i'll be right back guys you're good you're good man he's on call so that's admirable that's admirable that he's on call and he's doing a podcast while he's on call (laughs) so damn it drink the kool-aid so bad and i just like no, 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 no. And I look at how close, I mean, every game I know. is so close. And I'm like, man, if they can just find that that inch, they'll take the mile, you know. And that's like, that's all we needed to win several games was the inch. 
you know, it's call me crazy, but I, I mean, honestly, in my hardest of hearts, I think we'll, we will be like a seven and five, eight and four, something like that. But I'm still hey, betting on 12. Hey, 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 don't say that live. Don't well, say that live. Oh, God, you just threw live? You just threw 12 oh, no. and 0 out there. No. Yeah, no, and 12 and 0, baby. But in my hardest hearts of hearts, we will be eight Look. and four. That's a bad move, dude. Mad move. Look, I blame Scott I because you. Scott I makes know. a lot of sense when he's talking and he says all you know, I'm just like that happy guy that's just like, we're going to win I know, everything. Man. And Scott's like putting out facts and I'm like, damn, I can't deny these facts. <laughs> dude, I, I lived through the mid-90s when if you lost a game, it was the worst thing ever. So, oh. <clears throat> Here I sit, looking at the two of you having Nebraska beat Iowa. I you better be on the same page as us. I I can't. And I've 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 said from the moment that Frost fired a bunch of dudes and hired a bunch of dudes to be coaches, to the point where spring camp started, to the point where fall camp started, I always thought there was this was a seven and five to eight and fourteen. Right now I have Nebraska at eight wins because we beat Minnesota in the first game of this last four push. I just don't see us beating Michigan. I don't see us beating Wisconsin, and I'm sorry. I don't see us beating Iowa. I just don't. I need to interrupt you guys for just Go a ahead. moment. That breaks sure. my heart, Dad, because um, Iowa's corn does suck. Um, but I do have <laughs> a an emergency that I have to go take care of right now. Um, so right, I have to go. I apologize, uh, Gen it's Red not, Nation. not a bad uh, thing, is it? Or just something for work? Yeah, it's something for okay. work. Um, okay. Yeah, but it is, it is an emergency. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to finish this off with saying, Michael, thank you so much for, uh, for joining. Um, I know that you guys are going to do your thing at the end and all that stuff, but thank you so much for joining. It was a pleasure to meet you. Um, and, and I very much look forward to your record prediction being fulfilled. Um, I would much rather pick yours over mine. Um, (laughs) yeah, but I, you know, as, as a new baby in, in the Husker nation, um, just know that the Huskers are going to break your heart. So just get used to it. Um, and hopefully that is only in the near future. And then we will go back to, you know, undefeated seasons and national championship. We'll see. Um, anyway, Exactly. It was great. It was great to be with you guys. I will see you later, Dad. Um, I look forward to our Northwestern preview. Absolutely, man. Next Sunday, we'll talk. Love you, bud. Let's go. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye, Scott. So, dude, it's just you and me. And then there were two. The first time you hang out on a podcast with me and Scott, Scott says, screw you, dudes. I'm out of here. I feel like Scott (laughs) hates me because I'm too positive about our record. (laughs) No, 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 no. Nah, he he does nothing but uh, maintenance and stuff for the apartment complexes that both of us live in. 
So, yeah, he's on call this weekend. The fact that he was able to come on tonight was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, finally talk to him. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. So, Mike. Ken. You were not on for our uh, Northwestern preview two weeks ago. So, why don't you give me – I know you think Nebraska is going to win that game in Dublin, Ireland, over Northwestern. Why don't you throw a score prediction at me? I'm going to go think- for 48-10 to 10 because I think, you know, they're going to suffer a little bit of jet lag getting over there. I think, you know, I, I don't know all the COVID deals going on, if there's restrictions, if they're going to be allowed to leave the hotel, if they're going to go out party, you know, all the rules and parameters sure. of them going over there. But I think between the jet lag, being in some different place, different faces, different everything, different time zone, it's going to mess them up a little bit. And I think that they're sure. still going to beat Northwestern, but it's not going to be as great as last year where it was 56-7. to 7. I think they're going to beat them 48-10. Good plan. I like that. I absolutely like that. Um, I think we win that game as well. I think I put... 38 to 24, I think is what I predicted in our first show. A little bit Um, bit tighter of a game. Yeah, 14 point win, 38 to 24. The the money line is 12 and a half, I think, or 13, somewhere in there. So I predicted above the money line. Um, Let's take a look at our plus minus game. This is the first plus minus game of 2022. And the reason you are on this podcast, Mike, is because you won the plus-minus game in 2021. So, the new rules, not because we want to change the rules because you won, but because it was kind of restrictive, the way we did the rules for Scott and I. Uh, Oh, lose one. You guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, plus-minus game, game one. The rules are you win one point if you guess right on the plus or the minus. But if you guess plus or minus and you don't win, it's zero points. You don't lose anything. You don't gain anything. But if you take the number on plus or minus and you're right, you win two points. But you lose one point if you're wrong. So there's a risk and reward. guessing the number but everybody that plays the plus minus game can guess any one of the three the plus the minus or the number so here's the plus minus for the northwestern game plus or minus two td passes by the huskers offense that means if casey thompson goes in gets hurt in the first quarter before he throws a touchdown pass if the replacements come in and they throw two touchdown passes or anybody on the offense throws a touchdown pass, that is at least two or more. Uh, there you go. That's plus minus two touchdown passes by the Husker offense. What do you think? Is it going to be more than two, less than two or exactly two, Mike? I'm going to take the plus on this and I'm going to say three because if uh, Scott Frost plans on, maybe rotating out quarterbacks. I think he's going to let Casey throw at least at least three touchdown passes before he'd pull the man off the field. So I'm going three TD passes from Casey. Three TD passes from Casey Thompson. Um, 
<clears throat> Look, if you guess the number that they're going to throw, doesn't matter because you guessed the plus. So you're only going to get one point. So if Casey throws five, but you guess the plus, you're just going to get one point. I just get one. Okay. Yeah. But if you guess two and he throws exactly two touchdown passes, you're going to get two points. Just so you know, that's kind yeah. of how this works. Um, no, yeah, I'm going to stick with the plus. Going with the plus. So you want to get one point out of the deal. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll ask Scott <laughs> later what his plus minus is. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the plus as well. So, and I think you're right. I think three, three touchdown passes is about right. I think that's exactly what Casey and whoever else is throwing the football that day is going to throw is three touchdown passes. So that pretty much wraps up the meat of the show. Scott and I are involved in the Team Jack 10th Annual Radiothon. Michael, I don't know if you understand what the Team Jack Foundation is, but if you ever want to look at it and want to know what it is, go back to, I think it's the 2013 spring game for Nebraska football. And uh, Jack Hoffman was a kid that was diagnosed with brain cancer. And he reached out to one of our Husker players uh, back in 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. And uh, that player started a Team Jack Foundation to raise money for pediatric brain cancer. Uh, The Team Jack Foundation reached out to me and Scott for our podcast and said, would you like to be a part of the 10th Annual Radiothon? I don't know what the details are yet, but uh, we will be participating in that on September 29th. So more details are to come. So uh, I can tell you this, uh, Mike, I know you've listened to all our shows. And I think it was one of those shows that we talked about the team, the Jack Hoffman run in the spring game where he came into the game as a little eight year old kid (laughs) and they pitched the ball to him and he ran for a touchdown against the Huskers. And it was, uh, Scott was on the road with me. Um, I had just, uh, it was just, I was looking out my window. He was looking out his window in the truck because we didn't want to see each other crying. Yeah. Is what it was. We were listening to it on Sirius satellite radio. And, uh, yeah, the, the, even the announcers were all excited, but at the end, they didn't say anything for like five seconds because they were both trying to compose yeah, themselves. So it, it was really cool. So the being, website, uh, teamjackfoundation.org. .org, yep. yep. Got a lot of cool stuff. There's a picture of him scoring that touchdown. Yep. I'm yep. looking at it right now. That, that's so it's beautiful. pretty awesome, man. It's pretty awesome. So, uh, next episode will be our Northwestern recap because we will have a game to cover. Yes. I can't freaking wait to cover a win over Northwestern. And uh, then we will also preview the North Dakota game, which there's not a whole lot to preview because they're a division two school, but we'll do it anyway. And our guest that night will be geo from, uh, who used to be part of clutch underscore Huskers, but now he has a new Twitter handle called Huskers underscore film, I believe. And he breaks down a lot of 
individual plays from Husker football games from the past. So Gio will join us to break down the Huskers game against Northwestern, as well as preview the game against North Dakota. Mike, do you want anybody who's watching this tonight or will watch this in the future to follow you? If you do, where can they do that on the social media? So uh, Facebook, Instagram, I'm a Michael Habro Diamond on uh, Facebook, and I'm Habro Mikey on Instagram. My dog, Charlie, she also has a uh, an Instagram page. I think it's Aussie Charlie. She's an Australian Shepherd, and she's the most adorable dog you've ever seen in your life. Yep, she's um, sweetie. Yeah, she's great. Come here, Charlie. Come here. Come on. Say hi, baby. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> hi, Charlie. Oh, yeah, she wants to kiss Dad. Oh, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> she's so, the best. Hi, Charlie. You can follow me. I don't post a whole, whole lot. Um, just because I'm trying to avoid the social medias these days with all the negativity on it. But when, you know, football season ramps up, I'll be back on there more because I got to keep up with all 50,000 yep. of the teams that I follow. So, yep, 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 um, yep. But you're more than welcome to send me a friend request, shoot me a message, tell me you think I'm an idiot, whatever you want to do. It's, it's all good. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks so much for being on. Uh, oh, yeah. You can find links to all of our social media at genredpod.com. If you like our podcasts in video form, subscribe to our YouTube channel and ring that bell to get notified when we go live or post new content. Or to listen to the audio-only podcast, subscribe to The Generation Red on your favorite podcast app where the audio for this show tonight should be available by 8 a.m. Central Time tomorrow. Mikey, thanks, dude. This was an absolute freaking blast. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're my other son from wherever you came from. Uh, Kansas. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. This ain't Kansas anymore. I I need everybody to message Jinred and tell him you want me back because I'd love to do this again. Oh, dude. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll have you back on again for one of the games this year. We'll have Certainly. you back on again for sure. Um, anyway, on behalf of Habro Mikey, my buddy, my son, who I didn't know I had. <laughs> Sorry. And Scott. <laughs> and Scott, my ever awesome co-host, who is my actual son. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And no matter what Jeffrey the Greek or Hawkeye Matt says, (laughs) Iowa's corn sucks. Iowa's corn always going to suck. Forever. There is absolutely no place like Nebraska. What do you say, Mikey? Go big red. No place like Nebraska. Iowa's corn sucks and go big red. Yeah, baby. baby. 12 and 0. We are all the way. Yeah, okay, Kool-Aid boy. See you later. <laughs> See you. <again. laughs>